Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This is the Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and today joined by Lee Ryder and Chris Woff and we're here to discuss Rafa Benitez's departure from the club from Newcastle United. News, I think towards the end of last week we were... I wouldn't say we were expecting, but we felt it might be on the cards. And obviously, Monday came along, um, half past twelve, and the news was announced. And we had a, a few days to think about it, guys. Um, still in shock, or as said, slightly expected. Well, I mean, there was by the end of last week. I think that the noises had changed. But I, if you'd asked me six weeks a month ago, I, I would have said that I expected Rafa Benitez to stay. I'd maintained all along. I thought that there would come to a positive conclusion. I think that, to be fair, both sides probably didn't until a couple of weeks ago, but there just wasn't uh, enough of a compromise on, on either side. They couldn't reach an agreement going forward where the two of them could work collectively. It seemed to have ended in relatively acrimonious circumstances as well. And Newcastle, I think, were hoping to give it the full week, but then it got to a point where it became clear that an agreement wasn't going to be reached. And rather abruptly on Monday, there was the confirmation via the club via that statement that they said they were disappointed that Rafa Benitez is no longer going to be manager but that they want to now pursue other options and so they've had an extra six days to start the managerial search which they've needed to because they're really starting from a clean state because Rafa Benitez has been the only person they've been focusing on. Lee, um, yourself, were you kind of expecting that news? Um, How did you react when it did come out? I mean, I was I was hopeful, like everyone else, that Rafa would get to a stage where, you know, this was the job that was on offer for him, and he was going to go into the new season with, with a bit of um, enthusiasm in terms of trying to continue the good work that he'd done. But by the same token, in the last six or seven weeks, probably longer, like little things have been coming back to us that I remember Rafa talking about, you know, stuff about the academy. Um, and I certainly remember asking him questions when the, the when the jobs for the academy were were advertised. I was I remember asking him about you know is this a good sign that you're going to be staying? And he said no. He says it, this is just something the club should have done anyway. And he didn't really elaborate elaborate on on all of that. And for me, little things like that stuck out my mind. Pre-season, I know you know as well, he said many times, didn't he, that he didn't like to have long-haul pre-seasons. Once that got announced, that made me wonder, you know, is Rafa still, you know, calling the some of the shots? And, yeah, it's been a worrying few weeks and the worst-case scenario has now unfolded, unfortunately. And I suppose the big question is, is where next for Newcastle United? It's not the easiest question question to answer because I'm not entirely sure the hierarchy know where next. Well, that's part of the part of the problem. I mean, in one sense, you can say it was great because their their sole focus was on Rafa Benitez that they wanted Rafa Benitez to stay, and so they weren't exploring 
other options. Now, the fact that they're in this position <coughs> whereby they haven't been able to convince him to stay would suggest they haven't met all the demands that he wanted and they didn't, he, they didn't match the vision and ambition he had for the future of the club. But now they're in a position where they're going to have to make an appointment. There's the complicating factor I'm sure we'll get on to of is there going to be a takeover or not? And so Newcastle United... Uh, a week we are now a week before the players are going to return to pre-season training next Thursday Thursday the 4th of July and currently they don't have a manager I thought the timing last week of the eventual confirmation of Neil Redfern and Shola Amiobi was interesting because they basically we'd known about lead reported long ago that they were going to be uh, appointed yet we hadn't had confirmation and the, when it came out on Friday given all the noises we were getting from both camps I thought that that was telling as well because I think that, that was a point where they realised they needed to have somebody in place because Neil Redfern at the, as things stand is the most likely to be taking charge of pre-season training next Thursday and so where Newcastle go next is a question they are still pondering amongst themselves and we have to just wait and see for now I think Before we get on to who they might turn to We've spoken about our surprise, our shock as a, at the announcement. Lots of talk that Rafa Benitez himself was a bit shocked that the statement came out. Um, you understand that situation? I mean, is that what is that what you've understood as well? I think, from what I can gather, Rafa, had, you know, the dialogue had been continuing. But when Rafa turned up at the training ground the week before last... That didn't look like a good situation to me. Uh, the fact that he was taking some things away from the training ground um, suggested he'd, you know, picked up his belongings and he was, you know, maybe not never to be seen again at, at Benton. And that that was a big, a big worry for me. I think he knew that Newcastle weren't on the same page as him in terms of ambition. That's that's been proven now because you know Newcastle are. You know, if you speak to people in and around the club, they they are saying that the budget will be the same for whoever comes in. And the 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 crazy thing about Newcastle is now is that they're one of the few clubs where everybody knows how much they've got to spend this summer, and it's around fifty or sixty million pound. And so that basically every club that they're going to do business with, whether they're selling or buying, know exactly Newcastle's. What well, you can only call a predicament that. You know, Tottenham made one signing this week, and that has basically cleared out all of what Newcastle have got to spend. So it's going to be so difficult for them to get proven quality. And uh, there is bargains out there. You know, let's let's not get it wrong. I mean, there's loan deals you can do, but really, in terms of competing and being a force to be feared in the Premier League, Newcastle are going to be again scraping around in that bottom half, but with the money they've got to spend. You mentioned there uh, the bargains to be had. I guess. The one thing they have done is they've got rid of Rafa Benitez or they've allowed him to walk away rather. And he has a, a proven track record of actually finding these bargains. Fabian Cher, for instance, a really good example. Florian Lejeune, another one. I mean, if he does attract interest this summer, you could, you could probably put a £25 million price tag on. He arrived for what, 7, 7.8, I think it was. Mm. So they've lost a massive asset there, haven't they, in the terms of Rafa Benitez. While he wanted to spend a bit more. You know, he, he could source out these bargains, he could source out these release clauses because of the contacts book that he had. He could, and there's absolutely no doubt about that. And Newcastle have made a lot of signings over the last few years because of that. They have, to be fair though, 
also found bargains in the past. The likes of Iose Perez was a bargain when Newcastle got him for one and a bit million. Martin Dubravka, as much as he came in during Benitez's time, everyone at the club accepted that was a risk and they didn't really know how that one was going to work out. So they've lost someone with it with an unrivaled contact book and someone who can convince players to come, be they superstars or be they people who'd be potentially bargain signings. But they now have to move forward and try and find a way to get as many players as, as, as they can before the start of the new season. The recruitment department has been working, Steve Nixon and his scouting team have been sourcing players. There was a, It's interesting because the list would, would have, of who is eventually will come in this summer would probably have looked significantly different if Benitez had stayed. I'd be highly doubtful if Salman Rondon comes back now because Benitez was the, the, the one who was really pushing that. And they're going to have to start making progress in the transfer market because already we're almost into July and once again in the July there's only five or six weeks left in the window oh, well I think Chris has hit the nail on the head there that time really isn't in Newcastle United's favour as we understand yet the shortlist hasn't been drawn up yet they're not entirely sure which direction they want to go in um, and yet Lee, you're going to be with them in, in China in a few weeks time and, and they still might not have a manager in charge I mean the reality is for me I, I don't think the structure will change too much because Newcastle haven't got haven't got time to change the structure and they've already got people in place you know you mentioned the academy and Neil Redfern coming in and Shola Amiobi they are in new positions at the club and they they seem to have already decided the blueprint in terms of you know producing younger players trying to save money in the transfer market um, I just think that they're now looking for that almost that final piece of the jigsaw who's going to come in and be the head coach that that's how I, I can see it going I mean whether they end up being named manager or head coach will probably depend on on the personality who comes in but and what they're prepared to to do I mean some some managers or head coaches they, they actually prefer the the coaching tag uh, compared to manager Rafa Benitez insisted he wanted to be called manager and he had a lot of a lot of clout but I don't think whoever comes in next. I think Newcastle um, had Rafa in on a three-year contract, and it was a very, very delicate, complex contract where he had a lot of power in terms of he had the final say on on play. Rightly so as well, because because of his experience. But whoever comes in now, I think it will be more of. Um, it'd be deemed more as a, a group or team effort, and I think in the statement was telling, wasn't it, that Newcastle's um, sort of board, uh, well, what's left of the board, said collective effort, and I think that's the way they're kind of pushing for the future. So, you know, we can only try and go through everything that that's been said now, um, and really Newcastle. I don't think they're going to rush. I think they're going to, the, even though the time frame is small. I think they're going to be be very careful, very cautious, and again, Mike Ashley at the end of the chain, he will have, you know, the final say on things. So you don't think that the fact, ticket, season ticket renewal dates, the, the date is I think fourth of July, the same day that the preseason starts again. You don't think that'll have any bearing on on them trying to get in? Well, the manager? If, if well, if that was the case, then they would have gave Rafa Benitez what he wanted uh, five weeks ago, and then everyone would have, you know. Then everyone would have renewed the season ticket. So, so I, I, yeah, that's right. my answer. That it's interesting what Lee says there because also it's not just the manager that they have to replace. I mean, they've lost three members of their backroom staff. You know, 
Benitez has got a really good team there. And if you look round when uh, Newcastle won the championship, Benitez made sure that all the plaudits went to it. his backroom staff, not just him, you know, and the likes of Paco and uh, Mikel and Tia. Of you know, they were you saw them on the touchline. You saw them, you know, getting involved in training. They were they were big parts of that team, and you saw the likes of Iosi Prez. You know, thank them. They're, they're going to be a, a huge miss. They are going to be a huge miss, but that was wasn't too much of a surprise. They they come as a package. Benitez brought them with them. Uh, the likes of Paco has been to a lot of clubs with Benitez, so has Gomez. Quite a few of them have, have, have followed him around, and that's because it's a, as you say, it's a team, and he sees it as, as a bit of a team effort. So, whoever comes in as manager or head coach, whatever title they have, will have in some ways you can say it's a negative because Newcastle haven't got a coach structure for the next few weeks. But at the same time, whoever comes in can bring in people they trust, can bring in people potentially who know the club, someone who's, who's been here before uh, some, or someone they've worked with for a long period of time. I, I assume that they will be allowed to do that, but even so, we, we don't know on that regard yet. The head coach title is an interesting one because obviously when Newcastle had it with Steve McLaren, it became a negative associated with him and really an, uh, on Tyneside, it's not, that's has negative connotations around it. You look actually at Premier League and Championship clubs, the number of clubs who actually have head coaches as opposed to managers, the technical term, they often get referred to as managers, but the actual title is head coach. It is becoming more and more common in, in England. I know it's traditionally been seen as a European model that you've had manager in England, but clubs are changing in that regard. A lot of them have technical directors or sporting directors. Newcastle have a managing director and, and nobody else actually in a, an official boardroom position. So it's different in that regard, and I still think there will. I personally think they would need someone in that role if they are going to go down the head coach route. But it has to be the right person. If coaching is their primary remit, I still think they're not the final say on transfers. If that, if Newcastle don't want to go down that route, but I still think they need an influence and say, I need a left back. And if names are put to them, say, I don't want him. There's no point in signing someone in that regard. And you have heard examples of that at other clubs before. I mean, I think traditionally as well, like. You know, we are moving further and further away from that kind of managerial, you know, traditional mm-hmm. managerial thing. I mean, if you, I mean, t- t- exaggerating a point was in the the Brian Clough film where he stood in the centre circle saying, "I call the shots mm-hmm. round here, chairman," and all that sort of thing. Those days are gone. These are corporate businesses we're talking about now, and managers are simply another employee, and they don't have the amount the amount to say that they used to. And Rafa Benitez, I think, wanted the final say quite rightly because he he knew about football business, he knew about football recruitment, but it unfortunately it just doesn't work like that anymore. And Newcastle United now, I think you will. I mean, Malcolm McDonald was on TV the other day saying, "A yes man will come in." Um, that is pretty accurate in some ways, but in other ways, whoever comes in may say, "Well, I just want to be a functional member of staff, and I want to, you know, go along with the project that Newcastle are trying to serve up." It's interesting whenever you should talk to Benitez. I'm sure he had exactly the same conversations I did, where we talk about when before he ever came to Liverpool in Spain. That's what he was. He was a head coach when he was at Valencia. That the famous story about uh, I wanted a sofa and you gave me a lamp when he wanted to play in a certain position. That he had fallen out with his technical director. Some of the names who, who've been linked to the jobs have linked themselves, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, Patrick Vieira. These people have worked in that structure on the continent. They know they don't always get the final say on transfers. It is more of a head coach role there and, and that very much seems to be the model going forward because, as Lee said, it's more of a business and so therefore they want someone dedicated towards 
identifying players or listening to the head coach and then working with them and seemingly that would suggest that will the model in Newcastle are going to go with going forward. You mentioned a couple of names there. We'll run through a few of those that have been linked. I mean, first of all, Lee, we'll talk about Patrick Vieira. Um, you know, right job over at Nice, obviously, was, was linked back before McLaren got the job. Very young and experienced uh, when it comes to management. But you, you would think someone who could attract, you know, attract players. Is this Patrick Vieira that you could be playing for? Yeah, I mean, younger players will, you know, look up to someone like Vieira and, you know, he was an unbelievable player, uh, won everything you, you can win in the game and from from a younger p- player's point of view, they'll, they'll want to play for someone like him. I mean, you know, you go back to when Kevin Keegan was in charge in Newcastle the first time round, the likes of Rob Lee, Alan Shearer, John Beresford, they all wanted to play for someone they regarded as a, a football hero in, in, key, in the shape of Kevin Keegan. Um, so you, sometimes you, you have to keep the the head coach or the manager figure relevant to, to the younger players. And, you know, he, he certainly fits the bill. He's expressed an interest in the job before. It was probably a bit too early from then because he was still with the Man City youth team. And it was only after that he went over to MLS. And uh, that since then he's been managing in, in France. Done a decent job there. Led them at seventh place. Uh, but... Uh, I think even when he was having conversations with Newcastle the first time, there were a couple of things uh, in the in the plan that he didn't didn't quite like. So it may depend on on who he's working with. He may want to bring in his own head scout. He may want to bring in you know his own technical director. Newcastle might not want to to fit that in the structure. So we'll have to wait and see. Other names that have popped up um, as we record this here on the twenty seventh of June. I think a few of the bookmakers have put Mikel Arteta. Obviously, reserve. Uh, sorry, assistant manager to Guardiola at Man City. He's he's now top of the list. Um, with our, we've had Anthony Hudson, MLS coach. Who, shall we say, didn't have the best records over there in America. Uh, Claudio Ranieri is another one who's been put forward. Chris, I mean, any of them names? Well, I think Mikel Arteta is probably one that would intrigue the fans. But I think you've made the point, and I'm sure they has as well, that it doesn't matter who comes in they're going to have such a tough job to live up to that image of Rafa Benitez. Yeah, Newcastle United are, will always be an attractive proposition for, for anyone, but I think a lot and, and a lot of people will put their names forward, but at the same time there'll be that potential trepidation that I am following Rafa Benitez here. and Not just the fact that it's Rafa Benitez, but it's Rafa Benitez revered by Newcastle United fans because following Rafa Benitez any of previous clubs was difficult enough, but doing it at Newcastle United... When fans want them to stay, it, it is a very, very tough job. So, someone who comes in is going to have to have a very, very tough personality. They're going to have to start well, really. I think that that's the key for them at the start of the season. It's a, Newcastle haven't got the easiest start of the new season. Not quite as difficult as last year, but it's not easy. And I think they're going to need if they start someone like Miguel Arteta, if, if it was to go in that direction, I think he would be someone who would intrigue Newcastle fans. Patrick Vieira, potentially as well, someone like that. Some of the other names, some of the sort of ones who've been around in, in the Premier League before have been linked, the likes of Steve Bruce and things. I don't think that is necessarily going to excite Newcastle fans. But for now, do I do I think Mikel Arteta would be interested? I, I think he'd probably listen, but is he, he He was linked to the Arsenal job last year. I think he held talks with them. He's still at Man City. There's talk he could follow Guardiola. If Guardiola leaves, he could step up. Will he want to go into Newcastle in this position as his first step into management? Steven Gerrard's been linked. Would he want to leave Rangers a year in to come to Newcastle 
at a situation which is quite turbulent. I'd like to think that these people potentially would, but at the same time, I think Newcastle are going to have to uh, really sell a vision which they couldn't sell the Rafa Benitez to someone else and there will be doubts for anyone coming in thinking if Benitez didn't want to stay in this, why should I? It, in terms of the big names, there will be people always interested in the job. Though. Lee, is there anyone for you that we've mentioned or haven't yet mentioned that stands out as a possible candidate? I mean, I think with the, the Arteta one, you can't underestimate how tough that will be following uh, Rafa. I mean, when Kevin Keegan left the club in 1997, Kenny Daglish came in and, you know, let, let's be honest, at the time, people would genuinely delighted that Kenny Daglish was coming in it was like he'd won the Premier League with Blackburn he'd won the double with Liverpool and even Kenny Daglish one of the top top managers in football he couldn't get it right at Newcastle you know he couldn't get it right things went against him the style of play went against him everything changed now things are a bit different now Arteta will be coming to a very different club Um, but even then if he didn't have a good start not only I think the crowd would, would Get, will get behind anybody who who gives them a chance um, but I think you know you've got the, the, the wider press the national press you have a bad start and you lose four games you know look at Frank De Boer at Crystal Palace you know he, he didn't get a great great shout there um, he was gone very quickly you don't want to Newcastle can't afford another situation like that and I guess that shows as well just how tough the Premier League is because he had a, a decent enough record as well so it could be someone who has that success on the continent? I mean, Ranieri's been mentioned, and Ranieri had a bit of a nightmare at Fulham, um, and you know, lost his job. He wasn't, didn't have the same impact at Leicester. Let's say, I mean, he won the league at Leicester, but I, I look at someone like Ranieri, and I think he wouldn't be the worst choice for Newcastle at the minute, especially if it's a holding role, especially if it's a one-year contract. He's a, he's an older, more experienced guy. I think he would bring a bit of a smile to to people's faces again because he's genuinely. You know, funny character. Of course, you have to win football matches. It's not just about telling jokes. But when the morale in the camp is good, you know, that leads to results, which is exactly what happened at Leicester. He challenged that team. He said, let's keep this going. You know, he made a joke of it. He, you know, he'd done very well there. He, could he come in at Newcastle and have the same impact? I don't know. I think, quietly speaking, I think he would He would love to be asked to get the job. And I think, I think he would be accepted by some people Maybe not others, but let's see. Let's see what happens. Someone who I think would love the job, but I think it's going to be very difficult to get him from his contract, would, would be Sean Dyche. I, I know for a fact that when the Everton job potentially came up, he was very keen on that. I think that you'll see it as it, Burnley's probably taking them as far as he can. And can, at some point, <clears throat> things will go start to go down at Burnley if they don't invest a lot more money, and therefore it may be his best chance to get over it. The fact is that Lee reported this morning a £10 million release clause essentially in his contract. On Newcastle United going to pay that for the next manager? I'd be shocked. I mean, that they're reluctant to pay that for a lot of signings in general, so I can't see them going out and bringing in a manager for £10 million. So I think he would be an interesting choice because in terms of working under a, a modest, modest budget, not necessarily having total say-so on things, he's, he's done that before. But I think it's unlikely for the, the issue that, of getting him out of his contract. But I think he's someone who would want the job. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be lots of names. We've talked about our reaction. We will talk about the reaction of the players and uh, the wider press as well. But one of the uh, the strongest reactions to the news that Benitez has left has been from the, the fans group War Flags. They're the guys who volunteer around their working day and they hold the, the, the fantastic displays on the Gallagher. I think everyone remembers the Liverpool 
game the biggest flag ever to be flown on a European terrace I believe it was it was a fantastic effort we've seen the flags of Benitez fly and the legends of the club uh, they've decided that they will stop the displays and won't return until Mike Ashley has sold the club We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen through. So, um, as we said, we're going to speak to Tom from More Flags. He's, he's joining us now. Uh, thank you very much for uh, sparing the time, Tom. No problem. Um, can you just explain to our listeners then why the decision was made to stop the displays? Yeah, so, I mean... A lot of people in the group, um, because of this decision, were going to be cancelling season tickets anyway. Um, and it didn't felt for the ones that might stay on. There is people in the group who are yet to make their mind up. Um, it just didn't feel right that, that we would continue with displays and, and portray this, this fake image that everything's okay at the football club. Um, and we so we just made the decision to down tools for now. Um, and then as time's gone on, we've kind of made the decision that we're down in tools well, Mike Ashley's at the football club, so um, a busy few days for us. And I mean, how tough of a decision was that? I mean, you guys have obviously spent a lot of money and a lot of time has gone into making these displays, you know, as good as they have been. How tough of a decision was it? It's very difficult, given that the amount of, like you say, the amount of fans have raised, um, and you know that the flags are still there; they're still there to be used. It's it's very difficult for us because we feel like. We were adding something to the match day experience for a lot of people, um, and ourselves. We enjoyed doing it, um, so it was a very difficult decision to take because you know we, we still feel like we've got a, an obligation to back the team, uh, the you know the team that goes out on the pitch every day, but it, every game. But it's just uh, we don't feel it's right to back this current the, the football club as a whole um, whilst Mike Ashley's there. And of course, you you met you guys met Rafa Benitez, and he was very. Um, they really enjoyed the displays. Uh, just what are the club losing in terms of Rafa Benitez? His record speaks for itself. Um, you know, before he came to Newcastle, that was one of the most exciting things when he did come to the club, was his record. Um, and there's that, and, and it, it, the man himself, he made himself available to the community, to the area, um, to the fans. He was, he was open and honest um, in, in his time here. And I just think we're losing a quality manager who was who was ready to take us to the next step. Um, and we've just gone back, gone back to the beginning, basically where we were three years ago before he did come. And, and just to, to finish up, obviously we spoke yesterday. The, the article went on to the Chronicle and at the back page of today's paper. The reaction has been been really good. I suppose to you guys that kind of must show that you you've made the right decision. Definitely, yeah. Um, we've had a, a great reaction to what we've done. Um, a lot of people saying it's the right thing to do. Um, there's quite clearly a, um, you know, a lot of people are thinking now that that, that that something needs to change. That the fans need to do something, and um, and the reaction has been very positive to what we've done. And I think a lot of people are following suit. I mean, we've got we've got people in our, in our group who one was a season ticket all of 43 years you know he's cancelled hundreds of loyalty points on his record I've got mates who have hundreds of loyalty points they've all cancelled everyone's just dropping it off um, and it's, it's such a shame to see but it, there's quite clearly something a little bit different about this one now and just your message to Rafa Benitez um, just thank you um, yeah, it, it was great to meet you it was great to 
to have you as manager. It was great travelling up and down the country, knowing that Rafa Benitez was your manager at the football club, and it's it's a massive, massive shame that he's gone. He'll be a big, big miss. Indeed. Well, thank you very much, Tom, uh, for joining us. That's a, you know, a massive statement from War Flags. We know how well received the the, the displays were, and to say that they won't return till Ashley goes, you know, that could be a few months. That could be a few years. Yeah, it is a big statement, and you just you can hear the disappointment in his, his voice that a lot of people have cancelled their season tickets when he's been there going for 43 years it's a huge decision and seems to have been a lot of uh, talk on social media a lot of fans saying that they had delayed renewing a season ticket until they knew about Rafa Benitez uh, and whether he was going to stay the deadline is next Thursday as well for those season tickets we'll have to wait and see how many actually do cancel or whether any of new ones are taken up and whatnot. but for war flags have become such a integral part of the match day experience the Liverpool uh, display was fantastic to see the, the flag covering the whole of the Gallagher if that is what they're going out for for now in terms of the, the one they're going out on for now well it was some way to go for them to be fair it was it was brilliant display but it will be a shame not to see those flags before matches I do think that they added to the atmosphere I think that it was great that fans were getting involved in them and it was it was a fan led movement and it is a real shame, but I do understand the reasons behind um, their decision to do it. They don't want to make out as if they believe everything's okay at the football club when it isn't. And I just hope it is sooner rather than later that they can get back and that uh, the only way that it, it seems they're going to do that is if Mike Ashley sells. So, I mean, they've obviously kind of... They don't represent the whole fan base, but that is kind of one reaction from a group of fans. The, group, the players, though, I mean, no one's really spoken about how the players are feeling obviously we don't know we saw their messages on Monday um, one, well, one has definitely been um, deleted from uh, Fernandez, who simply said you know he wanted to see the Benitez's end at Newcastle come in a different way um, you know the rest of them were, thank, were thanking Benitez and his team for the opportunities I think Lasalle said it was an honour to be captain how do you think they'll be feeling um a few days after and especially with pre-season just around the corner I mean I think a lot of them will now they will be thinking about football and the the players can see what's going on in the background They'll have, I know for a fact I mean I have spoken to, to, to some players and they, they are desperately uh, trying to find out who the hell is going to be manager you know what I mean and that's that's a big that's a big thing for the player to because they, they may not know who, who the future um, what the future holds for them so I mean, even Lascelles, you mentioned him. If someone else comes in, then he may not be captain anymore. Little things like that are going to change it. The formation, the style of play, everything can change now. And really, for for the Newcastle fans' point of view, they, you know, they need some clarity on what what's happening as well. Because, you know, the lad there, Tom, mentioning, you know, some some people have you know cancelled the season tickets. Some some haven't, and some will still want to know what's good. Some will be there all the way through it's it's a personal choice uh, whether you stay or you go um, you, nobody can advise a fan on what to do it's, it's your choice whether you stay or go um, in the past even when Joe Kinnear was in charge people are actually getting behind the team still then and trying to cheer the team on to get some results to stay up ultimately the team ended up going down that year so it's a really uncertain time uh, it's, it's all for me it's all been avoidable you know, it couldn't. It wouldn't have taken that much to to make Rafa Benitez happy, but you know, it's another uh, another chapter. I'm not saying it's a good chapter, 
Uh, it's another chapter in the club's history books. They've now got to find the person who follows Rafa Benitez. Uh, I, just, I, I don't know if they do get a big name, a, a, an A-lister come in and, and manage Newcastle. You know, things things could change for the better. You just don't know. We've talking, we've talked about the strategy, uh, the head coach. There's been rumours about you know how much power that certain person would have. Um, you know how much power he'd have over transfers, etc. Who do you think is advising the club on this role? I mean, who has made the decision to say, "Well, look, we'll sit down and we want someone who is quite happy just to take the coaching side of it, maybe, and we'll leave the recruitment to somebody else." If that is indeed the way they decide to go. Who do you think is advising Lee Charney? Who's, who's advising Mike Ashley to, to go down this path? It's a good question. It's a one I, I don't have the answer to. I mean, Lee Charney is the one who is, as managing director, is tasked with finding Rafa Benitez's successor. Remember, Rafa Benitez is actually under contract until Sunday, so te- there's that complication as well in terms of transfers and things like that. He still has the final say. Can Newcastle actually sign you on before then? I don't think they're going to anyway, but... That this is it is a strange situation that Benitez has still got three and a half days now remaining as Newcastle United manager, but yeah, Lee Charnley is the one tasked with it. Um, Mike Ashley doesn't want to be involved with the day to day run of Newcastle. He's always involved with big decisions, so I, I very much suspect that any candidate who Newcastle decide upon in the end, Mike Ashley will have to agree to finally. But it's the day to day stuff left to Lee Charnley. Does he have anyone football wise advising him? I'm not sure, but there isn't. The football board that there was before, Graham Carr is is who was uh, chief scout. He's no longer there as uh, on the football board. Neither is Bob Monker, who was had an ambassadorial role but had been involved in football. Was someone who who really understood the game itself. Steve Nixon's head of recruitment, but he isn't on the board, so I, I assume he'd be consulted. But I don't know that for certain. All of this, it's a big question mark. I don't know. I don't know why and how they're deciding the direction they're going to go in. Um, but I don't know if there is enough football expertise there either side. I was saying earlier about most clubs have technical directors or sporting directors, and Newcastle don't have that. On to then the other uh, big question, Newcastle United, the takeover. We have reached, I think it's just coming up, or it is a month since the Benzai Group first kind of came um, came out with their intentions to buy the club. As of yet, it hasn't happened. It's been quite a quiet few uh, weeks Um even more so with the news of Rafa Benitez's departure. Lee, um, for them to really have any impact on Newcastle United for the start of the season, going into the January transfer window, things have to happen quickly, don't they? Oh, 100%. And, you know, I'm still saying the same thing I said about three or four weeks ago. Mike Ashley hasn't seen this bid on the table. He hasn't seen the, the full proof of funds. It's still in the early stages of the process. With the Premier League, uh, we haven't heard anything from the Premier League, so you have to assume that things are moving slowly and obviously reports are now starting to emerge that uh, they're going to pull the plug on it. Um, Mike Ashley's you know, apparently set a deadline. We'll have to wait and see um, how that goes. Yeah, well, I mean, at the moment, we have to work on the basis that Mike Ashley is the owner, but I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that it. If he he needs to determine whether he thinks that a sale is likely, because if a sale is likely, appointing someone long term um, could potentially scupper that. Because a new owner, just as Mike Ashley found himself with Sam Aldice when he came in, a new owner could well want their own manager, their own head coach in place. And so, if he does think a sale is likely, he may look for someone either in temporary charge or someone on a shorter term contract. 
Um, if 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 a sale isn't imminent, if if it looks like he's going to be owner for the foreseeable future, he's got to find who's going to fit into his model. Him and Rafa Benitez was always an uneasy relationship throughout the three years. Um, Benitez challenged him a bit more than I think Mike actually wanted to be challenged. I saw that as a positive. I don't think he did. So I'd be surprised if it's someone as combative in the sense that Benitez was. And of course, we'll keep you up to date with any updates on the takeover. Uh, just to finish up, just want to ask you guys both for your kind of favourite memory of Benitez. You guys spent more time with Benitez than, than most people did. So um, probably on his best and his worst and his most, uh, how do we say, jovial kind of style. So, I mean, just your best kind of, your, your, your one best memory of him, really. Well, I'm going to go for a couple. Actually, first of all, I'm just going to say it was, it was fascinating. I've had the same one after an away game. You there's not as many journalists there who, who, are, who are going to speak to Benitez so you get, you're getting a little huddle with him and he just it'd be funny to just because before you chat to him he'd suddenly dissect a moment in that match and uh, he wasn't a massive fan of Mike Dean as, as I'm sure a lot of you are aware from last season I think it was Brighton away uh, after Mike Dean had refereed and had a few bad decisions and he was very visual in his way of explaining why the decisions were incorrect and about how over and over again this, this seemed to be the case but in general there, there was also a moment I think it was the first international, first or second international break of last, of not the season, just gone the season before, and a few of the local journalists went down to speak to him in his office uh, to just get some stuff for, for across the international break, and we were there for about two or three hours, and nearly an hour of that was uh, Benitez asking us to basically work out how you would defend a corner if he was up against you so Mark Douglas was sat there with me and Benitez got out he walked across the fridge at the other side of his office got some water bottles put them on the table he had a couple of packets of crisps I think they were in the middle and, and a few of the bits and bobs and and no matter where you put all of the 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 people as they were were with the water bottles or whatever he was like no I just I just get you there I'd attack you there no that's wrong I'll do it there and he, he just did the he loves talking football. He loves talking tactics, and it was just fascinating to to. I mean, for a layman who has no idea about football, uh, I was never obviously going to win in, in that battle anyway. But just seeing seeing how his mind works and seeing how he tests and how he likes to to see how you can uh, solve a problem, I thought was fascinating. Because he's always quite banterful as well, wasn't he? You oh. like to give out and little jokes, little quips here and there. I think remember you walked in with a work experience. Uh, or a guy and he said, oh, you'll not learn anything from that Chris Woff, you know, just a good, a, Which you know. Which is true as well, but. <laughs> For you, Lee? I mean, yeah, the practical sort of stuff that he used to do, I mean, he, sometimes, I mean, I was lucky enough to get a little bit of extra time away from the main press conference, so I, I you know, sometimes that would go on for 30 minutes to an hour to even over an hour, and so, some occasions the press officer would be almost like, you know, falling asleep in terms of like how tired they were because they'd, they'd done a long day and uh but Rafa Benitez just had this energy and he, you know he'd have the have the football under his arm sometimes and he would actually demonstrate um the situation and uh, you know he would he would throw a ball at you and say well what would you do in that situation and but I just seen him as a just a really kind sort of human being as well and in, in terms of I think when Matt Sells had his problems with, with the, the social media and you know he gave me a few really good tips actually about how to deal with you know social media and what to take seriously and what not to take seriously and I, I've really benefited from from some of the stuff he actually said and I mean I didn't say can I have some advice he just gave me the advice anyway but I've really benefited from some of the things he said and just, just little life tips and uh, I just think you know Newcastle have lost they've lost more than a manager and in terms of in press conferences you'll, you'll see 
with some managers that they're not comfortable in that situation. But because of Benitez's experience, he, no matter how difficult the subject, he knows how to use a press conference. He knows how to either make it so there isn't really a message. He just wants to be consistent. The amount of times you would say almost the same thing week on week, but at the same time, if it came to a transfer window and he wanted to get a message out there, the amount of political statements he made. I wasn't there, but Lee was famously at Braga where he, he absolutely lost uh, is laid basically he's done that before in, in a few different press conferences but he's also very clever in the way he, the way to evade questions and you give jokey responses is oh, are you going to be here next season Rafa and he'd be like oh I'll be here tomorrow uh, to take training and also he's, very, he, he's been there before the experience that he wants in the footballers he wants in his team the likes of Ronald comes through in him as manager he, he knows where he, he's been there before he's seen it all and he knows how to handle that situation and I think that whoever comes in next is going to have a very difficult act to follow in that regard because the press conferences in England in particular compared to elsewhere can get tense because a lot of questions are asked about not necessarily football and matters. Benitez has dealt with them very well um, and we'll have to see whether whoever follows them can can, can do the same. Most certainly and we'll obviously keep you up to date with all the latest on your Cast United's managerial search. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through whichever platform you are listening through. I've been Adrian Musgrove and this has been the Everything is Black and White podcast.